actor, author, certified life coach, encourager, family man, dynamic inspirational speaker, and so much more. Welcome to my podcast, Get Your Positivity with Harold Keith. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Get Your Positivity with Harold Keith. Today, we're going to be talking about something that is so real, something that a lot of people deal with. Some people don't even realize it. Others, it's a fight every single day. I'm excited about our guests because they are truly two people that I hold very close to me, and I know their stories. And to see their strength, to see their power, and to see how they can shift something that can be so deadly to some people and overcome it on a daily basis is something that we just had to share. With that being said, today we're gonna be talking about depression. Depression is a mood disorder that causes a persistent feeling of sadness and a loss of interest also called major depressive disorder or clinical depression. It affects how you feel, think, and behave and can lead to a variety of emotional and physical problems. You may have trouble doing normal day-to-day activities and sometimes you may feel as if life isn't worth living. This is depression. And before I introduce my guests, I wanna have a transparent moment with you all. I feel like oftentimes we go through depression and don't even realize it. Um, I know when I first took on, I'm going to say a temporary depression because there's different types of depressions. And I'm going to call what I went through a temporary depression. I remember when I lost my grandmother and she was somebody who I held on like a significant scale, you know, grandma was everything to me. Um, And when I lost her, I I, I put on a brave face being the oldest grandchild and all of that. But I had some really dark days behind closed doors. And I feel like that's the first time I dealt with that. And I still feel like even when her birthday comes around, I still feel like I go into this mode where I don't even want to get out of bed. I'm in my thoughts, I'm moody, I'm I'm so many things. And I know that was my first real true encounter with depression. And overcoming that and learning how to cope with that has been a journey and, and, and a challenge, but it's something that I've learned to live with. Um, I couldn't imagine what some of you or people you know go through on a daily basis when they have to get up and they have to choose to fight to live because of depression. Um, Recently, I had another encounter with depression and it was to the point where I didn't even really know I was going through it. It took other people to bring me back to the light. And it was when I was let go from my job of nine years. I relocated to Florida for this job. I gave it my all, overtime hours, did the most, was not paid what I was worth, um, and did so, so much for the love of people and for the love of what I did. And so to go from nine years of seeing your paycheck come every week, nine years of a routine, to literally in the middle of a pandemic, not knowing what your next move was going to be. People reaching out to you, people checking on you, people saying they miss you, like all the memories, knowing that that company would never be the same, knowing that God had a different plan for me and I was going to be okay, I still went through the motions. I did not want to get out of bed. I did not want to do anything. And it was the most oddest feeling because when I was let go that day, I got in the car and I felt free. The situation, how it played out, hurt me to the core. It was perceived as one thing for the cameras. But in reality, 
it was another way. I was I was about to be let go in a manner of of how everyone else had been let go, and I've dedicated the most to that job, and I had to be the bigger person to approach the situation and change the narrative. It didn't keep me at that job, but it allowed for peace for those who were still going to be there after me. But dealing with some of these people on a daily basis and becoming so close to people, it still takes a toll. So that was my most recent experience with depression. I couldn't get out of bed. There were nights where I just couldn't stop crying. I knew it would be okay. I kept speaking positivity, but I was still going through the motions. You never know what people are going through. I was still motivating, encouraging, and, and lifting people up, giving people business um, tips and, and, and keeping them encouraged to stay in and, and, and still go along with this journey. Yet I was hurting. I was broken. But one thing I know about God is he has made me unbreakable. And I refuse to let depression take me out. I refuse to let depression dictate my story. I refuse to stay down when God was calling me to level up. So without any further ado, I would like to introduce my guests, the popular loner and Ariana Vanay. Welcome, 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 the popular loner and Ariana. We are so glad to have you here on this episode. We know that this topic is heavy, but we know that you two are both overcomers and achievers and so on, okay? So with all that being said, I want the audience to have a chance to get to know who you are before we start talking about this This topic that is just so necessary for the world to hear about. So um, who is the popular loner? I am a 29-year-old Black queen. I am an artist. I am your normal woman. I also stand out from the crowd at the same time. I often feel like I'm alone all the time, even when I'm around a crowd, it's very lonely. All right. So we've getting a little bit about the popular loner. We're going to talk a little bit more with you. Like the popular loner, I think I hear why that's the name within this, because you feel like you're alone, even in crowds. But yet I know you. We're blood. And I know that people are so drawn to you. And you are very popular. So even when I first hearing, heard that you were even going through some of these things, I couldn't grasp <laughs> how when so <laughs> many people just love you. Exactly. Oh, goodness. But you are so much more than what you even said. Like, you are a phenomenal sister you are a phenomenal daughter you're a phenomenal teacher you're a phenomenal just like mentor big sister all of that because there's so much that you do do for the community there's so much that you do to just encourage and uplift others even through your pain so I'm not gonna let you sit here and come in here and discount <laughs> how amazing you are and I know that you've been through some things but the thing I love about you is you always find a way to bounce back always I always say I think I'm bulletproof exactly bulletproof I would like to say that's in our DNA but we'll save that for another podcast episode <laughs> so with that being said thank you so much for coming on I want to go ahead and introduce our next guest and give her the opportunity. And it's Miss Ariana Vene. Doesn't that sound real bougie? Ariana Vene. 
Yes. <laughs> Sips tea. Ariana, tell us who is Ariana Vinay? Ariana Vinay is not bougie. <laughs> Anyone who knows me knows that I am not bougie, but I am um, an only child, um, a wife, um, and someone who always ends up in the middle of something that they don't want to be in and end up almost taking over. Um, And I'm 28. I've always been looked at as the adult, even before I was an adult. Um, So I think I just, I'm used to defining myself as being a wife, as a child of God, as something else that I'm not even really sure how to, to state who I really am. And that's part of my journey, too. That is so real because I feel like, and I said this in a previous episode, is we're currently evolving. And every day we are shifting and growing and changing. So we have to get to know who we are almost every day. (laughs) And you only do that through the situations you've gone through. But you can always realize what you're not and what you have Mm -hmm. been. And I'm not going to let you discount yourself either. Um, She's amazing at arts and crafts. She's a great support system, a great friend. She's one of those people, you know how you have those people where you launch a business and, you know, you have all your people that are like, I'll support you. And then when you launch it, no one supports. She's that one that doesn't care if you're just found a penny on a floor and trying to sell it for $30. She's going to be there to support you and tell you you're selling that and that's the best penny she's ever seen in her whole entire life. And she's going to pay that $30, even though it's a penny, but it's the fact that you are the one that's selling it that matters most. So Ariana is so much more than that. She also mentors, she's coaches. She deals with some health issues. Yes, I'm putting you out there with some health (laughs) issues that honestly will cause some people to want to just end their lives. But she finds a way to push through every day, even when she's not okay. And that's what I'm telling you. This is a common theme for my guests tonight. They find a way, no matter what they're growing through or going through or dealing with, no matter what people's putting on them, they find a way to make it happen, to get up and say, I choose to live. Depression does not define me. With that being said, Ariana, I think we're going to start with you. Can you tell us your journey with depression. But before you do, I do want to acknowledge to anyone who is listening or know somebody who's dealing with depression, there are so many different types of depression. And let's talk about just the depression in the United States. It affects over 18 million adults. That's one in 10 in any given year. It's the leading cause of disability for ages 15 to 44. I said 15 to 44. It's the primary reason why someone dies of suicide about every 12 minutes. And I'm going to do the math for you. It's over 41,000 people per year. Depression is real. So Ariana, tell us, what is your journey with depression? My journey with depression actually started um, in a similar way as yours. Um, I lost my grandmother unexpectedly. Um, I was one of her primary caretakers. She had had a stroke and was paralyzed. And she actually had another stroke um, in a time frame of my dad pulling out of our driveway and my mom pulling in. Um, minutes like not even a five minute turnaround um and so she was my everything (laughs) um and so it was more like I knew I was depressed I hadn't really known anyone to be open about it um and that's when I started uh therapy for the first time actually I was in college Uh, And I went to the counseling center just because I honestly didn't know what else to do. Mm -hmm. Uh, And my boyfriend at the time, who's now my husband, noticed that I was a little different. Um, The people that saw me every day were like, "Okay, she's not okay." Um, So that's how my journey started. 
Um, and so it's been triggered by losing family members. Um, it's been triggered by ending relationships and friendships. Um, but most recently, I think mine was um, some of my health diagnoses um, because I don't, I try not to claim anything and I'm like, no, nah, this is my temporary situation. It's not fun, but it's here. And um, I started to experience frustration for the first time and noticing that that's what's going hand in hand with my depression because I have things where like my hands swell and or I lose the feeling in my hands and I drop a dish. That's the most frustrating thing ever because I'm an only child. I like to do things when I want to do them, how I want to do them. It's a thing and I'm okay with that. So when I can't do something simple for myself, it's automatic frustration, which then leads me to just sitting down and not wanting to do anything, um, not wanting to get out of bed, uh, not wanting to get dressed, dressed. Um, I think I've gone recently two weeks without putting earrings in and that's not something that I normally would do. Um, so I think my journey has evolved um, to something that I didn't expect. Mm. Wow, we're gonna, we're gonna keep going and, and I'm gonna change it to a very open platform um but i do want to hear from the popular loner in a minute but i do know that we have some international people who listen as well so when it comes to depression internationally it affects over 300 million people worldwide regardless of culture age gender religion race or status okay 300 million people worldwide. It's the leading cause of disability worldwide and it's a major contributor to the overall global burden of disease. And, and they say with severe depression, it's rated in the same disability category as terminal stage cancer. So for those who take depression lightly, baby, this ain't a light topic. This ain't a light lifestyle. This is is something that is killing people. And it starts all within the mind. Popular Loner, can you tell us your journey and how your journey began with depression? Well, I want to say, um, I want to say maybe age... 10 to 12, um, I unfortunately experienced a sexual encounter, unwanted sexual encounter at a very young age. And I want to believe that that is exactly when um, things changed for me. Um, I stopped engaging with people, locking myself in my room, always in my thoughts. Um, things became very dark at a very early age. Unfortunately, sometimes in the Black community, we're told, you know, our therapy is church. So I went to church every Sunday. And I prayed, and I prayed, and I prayed. And I did what I was told. My depression never got addressed for years and years. So what happens is all of that trauma turns into PTSD, which builds up and piles up for years, which releases in episodes. I started acting out um, randomly, months at a time. Um, I could go six months completely fine. Mm -hmm. Then I could feel, you know, anxious, um, sweaty palms. Um, trembling, shaking, paranoia, not sure why, um, anger, my feelings, I couldn't control my emotions, public or, or at home, um, it didn't matter where I was. Um, then, they be then it became lashes, I began to lash out, and that's all because of, again, these, this is years <laughs> of feeling this way and hiding it. 
that's another thing that also takes a toll on someone who battles depression, hiding it. You have to hide it. And I'm pretty damn good at it. Wow. But currently, I am, you know, still battling depression. That's the thing. Once you're diagnosed, um, which I eventually did get diagnosed um, when I was 21. Um, It's something that you have to treat and continuously treat. This isn't just the end of the road. This is a whole journey that you have to decide that you're either going to commit to or you're not. And I decided to commit. Yeah. You mentioned a few things that I want to just piggyback on. And one of the things is in the Black community, church is always normally the answer. Just pray about it. Just pray about it. And prayer works. Mm-hmm. It does. Mm-hmm. Yes, it does. Yes, it it does. does. But uh-huh. God did not put some of these professions and some of these resources here on this earth for us not to use them. And, and people people get so stubborn and stuff because they think it's something wrong with going to go see a therapist or going to go see a psychologist. But really it's a freeing thing. It allows you to identify who you are, where you are, where you want to go, what you've been through and kind of gain yourself back or put yourself at least in a a space that you can move forward. So for anybody who's listening and you've heard that it's not good for you to go that or you shouldn't be telling people your business or anything like that. You have to do what's best for your mental health. And that sometimes means sometimes means going and speaking to someone. It's nothing wrong with speaking to a therapist for whatever your reason or whatever your issues may be. There's nothing wrong with it. Save yourself. No one else is going to do it for you. So I'm glad you brought that up. And I know you miss it. You mentioned PTSD. And so for those who really don't know what PTSD is, post-traumatic stress disorder, um, it affects about 8 million adults in any given year. It frequently occurs after violent personal assaults such as rape, mugging, or domestic violence, terrorism, natural or human-caused disasters, and accidents. It affects 11 between 11 and 20 out of every 100 veterans who served in Iraq. It affects 12 out of every 100 veterans who served in the Gulf War. It's real. It's very real. So with that being said, I want to go ahead and let's start really doing this deep dive. And I want it to be an open conversation. I'm not going to introduce um, you guys back and forth like that. I just want anybody feeling something or want to piggyback off of something. Let's just do that because we need to have this open talk forum today on, on this episode because there are many people going through depression. And the sad thing is some people that are going through depression and there's so much in denial that they won't and they refuse to face it. And And sometimes you have to face yourself before you can even advance or move forward in life. Just like I had to come to terms with I was in a depressed state. I had to make the decision to get out of bed and get myself back to where I was and realize that what was happening in my life was not for my downfall, but for my elevation. So as we talk about this journey, because I know you two aren't the only people who have been through things. I just want to kind of dig deeper and anybody can jump in after this um, and talk about like, how were your family and, and friends during this time? Did you feel like you had anybody to talk to even now going through it? Because it sounds like it's still a fight every day. Do you have somebody to talk to? And and before you guys respond to that, I am going to address the popular loner because you are my sister. And I feel like when you were going through this, there were times where I didn't understand it and I didn't see it as you going through a mental disease or illness or anything. I didn't see it like that. I, I, I saw it as my sister's just being moody. Maybe it's that time of the month. Maybe it's not. 
maybe she's just <laughs> crazy. I don't know what's going on with my sister. I love you so much. And it, it was nothing I would do. And I deal with the booty this. But I'm like, okay, she don't want to be bothered. She said she wanted to do this. Now she wants to be in a room. So before we even go on with like this, I want to just speak out from my experience and with right, you right. is saying that first of all, if I've never said this to you, I want to say it now. I am sorry. And I'm sorry because I had no idea of what you were really going through during that time. And so as your big brother, as I reflect, I'm sorry that I couldn't help you through it in a capacity that I feel like I could now. And whatever that reason was, I'm not going to question it. It is what it is. But what I do want to say is, I love you and I admire you. You're such a big inspiration to me. And the fact that you went through all of that, and I still feel like you went through all of that and you kind of went through it alone because again, we were looking at you like, oh, she's just moody. You're the only girl. So we're like, okay, she's just going through issues. Like she don't want to be with the boys. It's okay. But to anybody who's listening, like pay attention to your loved ones, pay attention to your friends because they need you more than they even realize. So the popular loner, I just wanted to take that moment to say, I am sorry I was not educated and aware and I didn't pay more attention to be able to be the asset that I am now today. I appreciate that. And um, that means a lot to me. Even hearing that now, it really does. Um, You know, now I'm at a point where I look at my past and I can talk about it and I feel, you know, I still feel good about it. The past is the past. You know, I for all's forgiven. Um, you know, I think back then, <laughs> the times where I was going to my room and closing the door, you know, I was crying. I was just crying and crying. Um, self-harming, um, burning myself with a lighter, um, digging my nails into my skin, trying to not breathe, grabbing my hands around my neck, just trying to feel any sort of pain to ease the pain, if that makes any sense. And I didn't understand why I was doing it also, but I knew that I couldn't show it. Um, It got very dark in my room. (laughs) I really wish I would have came out my room (laughs) a lot more. Um, And it's funny, uh, for those that don't know, I am a dancer. I've been dancing since age three competitively. I've traveled pretty much everywhere you could possibly think of and drank with the best. And um, even with all those trophies and competition after competition, first place and first place this, winner here, Debbie Allen dancing here, train over in California here, do this, do that, with all of that. Every day I would come home and sit in my room and cry. And I couldn't understand why. And I was very grateful and I was very humble. You can ask anyone about that. I was very humble. But I didn't understand why I was so sad. And I knew I was different. And then I began to feel guilty that I was different. Then I felt like I was different from my brothers. I felt like they would get treated differently than me. I started to feel like the outcast, the black sheep of the family. I felt like I was the one always doing wrong. And back then, Mr. Harold Keat, we talk about personalities, was very bossy. Okay, let's be honest. (laughs) He was very bossy. (laughs) Do this, do that. We'd be like, oh, Lord. All right, do what Harold says, do what Harold says. So you weren't really the one to run to with the emotional problems, if that made any sense. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I bottled it and I kept it to myself. I had my room. And your room was your escape. Yes. But prison at the same time. At the same time, yes. Well, um, my, let's see. 
my experience has always been a little different. Um, I have a, what's considered a crisis circle now. Um, and I've also become very open about it um, because I'm like involved in church and I work with young people and that pray about it thing just makes my skin crawl, like for real makes my skin crawl. Um, and so I tried to create a circle that I knew that at any given point I could send a text message and say, I'm not okay. I just needed to say this out loud, things like that. Because um, growing up, it was more like family doesn't say stuff. It's like that traditional black family thing. Like it's your business. It stays in the house, that kind of stuff. And so it was more like, well, what do I do? Because no one's ever talked about depression. No one's ever uh, talked about therapy. And it was always odd to me because my mom worked for the Department of Mental Health. Um, from the time I was in middle school uh, through my college experience. And it was always like, okay, well, we could go here. And she worked in uh, substance abuse prevention. But it was always like, well, do I tell my family that I go to therapy? No one's ever talked about it. Like, are they going to look at me funny? And at one point, um, some of our family members made a joke about it. And I'm like, well... I want to be here, so I have to do what I need to do for me to do that. I think my crisis circle has been the most important part, identifying people that I can shoot a text to and say, like, I'm not okay, or saying, like, um, I'm not okay, but I just need to get this out so that I can get it out and I'll be fine. Um, and I've been very careful about who to choose to be around because, um, as an only child, I grew up with my cousins who were my, grew up with me as like my brothers and sisters because my parents were like the one and done type of people. Um, and my aunt doesn't have any children. So it's always just been me. And so I've been careful at who I allow in, especially now. Um, I think my learning experience probably would be our wedding. Um, because we got married for my grandmother um, because she had uh, cancer progressed so quick. But during that time, she, we were planning the wedding. She was battling and I was uh, getting medical diagnosis left and right, um, anxiety through the roof. Um, it was looking like I had bipolar depression. It was some of everything thrown all at once. And I was like, I have to be careful about who I let in, especially while planning a wedding, because at any given time it could be, oh, well, y'all have to go do this without me because I have to take grandma somewhere. Or I really can't get out of bed. And then there were drive-bys. Um, and at that point, um, my best friend had a key to our house because she was one also one of my grandmother's caretakers because it got to a point where my body wasn't allowing me to help care, uh, be a caretaker for my grandmother, which was one of the most frustrating things. And that's kind of where the bipolar depression kind of kicked in. But I think the circle part of it for me is I'm almost eliminating people even now daily. Um, just because I have to be careful about my energy and the energy that I do have um, for people to understand because the things that I go through just aren't normal and it is what it is. Like, it's not fun, but it's almost like, okay, she's doing this, but is she really doing it? Because I've had people question me thinking I'm faking. Like who fakes not being able to use their hands? Like, let's be honest. It's the most frustrating thing ever to be typing and then your hands just go numb and then that's it. And then having to have like my husband do the dishes or carry stuff because I can't lift it because I could drop it at any time. So I've actually decreased my circle um, and I've had to set a lot of boundaries with my family. Um, and that's something that, you know, Harold, like 
boundaries has been the mm-hmm. hardest part for me, but it's also been the most healthy part, especially when it comes to my friends and family, um, because they're still not used to hearing depression diagnoses. Um, I see a psychiatrist and I'm on meds and that's still something that um, my parents and like my aunts had to deal with because they didn't like the idea of it. And at the time it was more like, well, I know I need them. So I don't really, I like, it had to be, I don't Mm -hmm. care kind of a thing. Um, So my, the people that are in my circle now are the ones that I know that I need. And I've kind of had to step back and be boundary aware of who's there and at certain points of whatever could happen, really. So I know you mentioned like a hard part was um, the boundaries for you. So I want to ask you both in facing and while facing this depression, what has been the hardest obstacle out of it all? Um, for me, it was being selfish. Um, I'll like, I give, 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 I'll give you my last and you would never know that. Um, I'll go out of my way to make sure that you're good. Um, and so for me, it was being selfish to realize like, okay, you're not okay. And you're not useful to anyone if you're not okay. Um, And part of that selfishness that I had to do was the boundaries because it was, oh, somebody's calling me. Let me go see what they need. And then I'm over there exhausted and triggered. My body's triggered because I went and did all this stuff for everyone else. And then by the time I get home, I'm like beyond exhausted. Um, And it wasn't just my friends. It's family, parents, anyone really. Um, so the selfishness for me has been the hardest part, um, because I almost feel like, because, um, my family's always been giving, um, my parents always worked in community stuff. So it was just a natural thing for me to be there for people, to help people. And so that was the hardest part. And it still is to a point, um, for me is take making sure that there is time for me and I'm really not that great at it yet like that's a real struggle as long as you don't ask my husband we're good because he's like (laughs) he has words that he likes to say and I'm like but that's not what I asked you just let me be great over here but the selfishness the self um, making sure I have time for myself is definitely the hardest part um, for me and unfortunately but fortunately um, my body uh, forced me to do so um, because I just can't now. And it's forced me to be careful and um, very cautious of what I choose to do, who I choose to do it for, and when I choose to do it. So, yeah, that boundary thing for is in no. the selfish. <laughs> What about you, popular loner? <laughs> I would definitely have to say um, protecting my energy. I I have a trigger and it is, you know, once I'm disrespected um, or feel unappreciated or any of the sort, um, I have a on and off switch and I can switch to you don't exist anymore and I could have really loved you as a person I probably still do but you just won't know that you won't exist anymore and I don't want to dismiss people out of my life anymore I want to try to maintain the relationships that I do actually really do care about but for some reason I can put myself in a zone where I don't care um knowing that I do, but for some reason I'm content with um, you're over there, I'm here. And I could see how that could make my friendships or relationships um, very difficult to maintain. And then it scares me that I'm okay with being, I'm almost used to or I've normalized being really by myself and it's like happy. 
Interesting. So for those who are listening and maybe dealing with or know somebody that's going through their battle with depression, what is some advice that you ladies have for our listeners? I would definitely say do not wait to um, talk to someone about your depression. If you start feeling sad or if you notice you're uncontrollably crying or um, you know, you're getting um, anxious, you want to stay alone, overeating or not eating, um, your appetite tends to go up and down. Um, you know, if you start to see those, don't ignore them. You know, those are legit, legitimate signs of depression as well. Um, getting help early definitely works wonders. If I could rewind time, I would definitely have gotten help um, at a very early age. Um, I agree. I also have found... Um, to feel the feelings because for me and dealing with it, I was like, well, I, yeah, I would almost like brush it off. Like uh, I could be depressed because mm-hmm. I didn't eat or I would eat or I'd overeat or it was like, uh, I'll just throw something on. I'll get dressed tomorrow. Um, because that was something that I did. I would go, I would, no matter where I was going, I'd be layered in jewelry. I'd have this, like, I'd just be, like, all the way over the top. And so, for me, it was more like, oh, well, I guess I could, do I really got to put that on? Um, and it was sub, it was, like, things right, that you I being yourself, but other people were. So, <laughs> I was, like, real, real off. But I would say to make, like, in feeling the feelings, um, to listen to those that really know you, Um, because I think more recently I wouldn't have been as aware if people weren't watching, um, because like this last year or so for me has been like crazy, like a real roller coaster. Um, and it's helped me become aware of what's going on because someone would be like, um, I haven't heard from you. Like you good? Like, where are you at? Or um, I haven't seen you post a selfie. Like that was a thing too. Was um, and I hadn't noticed it until someone mentioned it to me. And I went through my Instagram feed and noticed that there were no pictures of my face. Like you, if I was posting, I was like promoting something or someone else or something, and I didn't see my face. Um, so I would definitely say um, I agree to go to get help as soon as you can. Um, to like feel the process don't dismiss it because dismissing it um when it comes back it's gonna it's coming back a different way and it because I've done it it is not fun it's not cool um because I was just like oh I can deal with that later I can something else somebody else needs me right now I can deal with what I'm doing with dealing with later um so feeling the feelings and then listening to um those that notice things because you may not be aware because I wasn't aware this last time that I was going and spiraling and I was spiraling quick um and I really just didn't know I wasn't paying I wasn't mindful of it um so and I also want to say that too um find things um that you love or have a passion about that help you cope um that goes a long way for me um I'm I see everything in color. I'm a visionary. I love colors. I see vision pictures. I love to model. I love to put things together, aesthetics, decor. I love it all. Um, that really keeps my mind on track. And I really think um, people finding things um, for themselves and definitely having you time is necessary, if not a must especially for people like us. We need to have our time um, to do what we do so that we can kind of organize those thoughts in our heads and have a moment to kind of pause and shut everything out. Yeah, I think for me, it's been, I have um, coloring books everywhere. Um, I have a coloring Bible. Um, 
I am a crafter. <laughs> so I'll make something in a second just because I'm sitting there like, oh, wait, that would look cool together. Um, that's why there's centerpieces all through my house because I was sitting here bored. Like uh, crafting has been helpful for me yes, in music. Um, music. <laughs> um, and one of the things that I've been noticing too is I'm... Um, I'm a praise dancer. I danced at church and I taught and mm -hmm. that was really how I expressed um, and got through a lot of it before and not being able to do that now. I'm like, oh, well, that could be part of it too. Um, but I think music and all genres, depending on how I'm feeling that day and what I know I need, because my playlists are all over the place, like all over the place. <laughs> so, Yeah. I agree. Finding things that uh, you enjoy is super important. I just want to say to our listeners, take a moment and, and, and understand who you are. Recognize what you're going through, but don't surrender to the diagnosis. You can overcome anything that is placed in front of you. You can adjust because you're just that flexible. But the thing is you have to make a decision to get your control back, to take control. It's not the easiest thing in the world, but you, you are worth it. Don't allow the diagnoses, don't, uh, don't allow it to come in and take the life that you were meant to live. If you're waking up every day with breath in your body, it is worth the fight. You are worth the fight. And anybody who does not see that or bring value or, 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 or peace to your life, you have some tough, tough, tough decisions to make but understand in the end you are worth it now for my guests and don't hold back Ariana if there was anything you could say to depression if depression was a person sitting in front of you right now what would you say Um, see, you said that, and what I really just saw was, like, for real, hitting the person. Like, all jokes aside. Um, I saw <laughs> me hitting depression before I even said anything. Um, but I think it would, well, for me, it would be, um, that you don't have control. Um, and I refuse to give in. Popular loner, what would you say to depression? <laughs> I am the undefeated champ, okay? I keep winning. Every time you keep coming, I'm going to keep coming harder. That's what I have to say to depression. For the listeners, if depression knocked on your door, had a face, and was sitting right in front of you, what would you say? Whatever it is that comes to mind, say it out loud right now. Get your power back. Take back your authority. You were born to win and you will always win as long as you do the work. From whom much is given, much is required. And you have received an upgrade. This is the big leagues but you're an MVP. Ladies, through this journey, I want you to think about something as I give a few more statistics. And I want you to think about what is one positive thing you can say that you've implemented in your life because of your experience with depression. And before you go into that, I just want to share 
something about depression in the workplace. It causes 490 million disability days from work each year in the U.S. It accounts for 23 billion in lost work days each year. Let me continue. Postpartum depression is reported to occur in 15% of women shortly before any time after childbirth, but commonly begins between a week and a month after delivery. It has a higher risk of developing in women with previous experience with, of course, it's depression, current depression, anxiety, and low partner support. But the thing that I read that really stuck out to me even more was it affects just not the mother's health, but can also interfere with her ability to care for her family, leading to impaired child development. I can go on and on with statistics about depression, but we're not even gonna do that. And for those who are wondering where some of this information is coming from, and if you would like to read up on it, I know this website um, definitely has some upcoming programs, so you can start there. And it's hopefordepression.org. Um, they have some activities going on to help people cope. They talk cope. They talk about a whole bunch of stuff on there. These are just some of the general statistics, but if you get a chance, check it out. It will help you. But um, we're going to switch gears again, and I want to ask my guests before we wrap this up, what is one positive thing you can say that you implemented in your life because of your experience with depression? I would have to say my relationship. Um, you know, it's really important if you're dealing or battling with depression, because it's always a war, um, that you have a strong support system. And I do, and my family always have. Um, uh, my family has to be the strongest family like I <laughs> I know um, and that's not the first time I've heard that um, but it's also important to have a solid partner if you are in a relationship and or married um, and I have to say um, my current partner has very much encouraged me um, to keep fighting for myself and for our future. He understands, and even the times when your partner doesn't understand, the fact that he's willing to understand and wants to understand goes a long way. Um, it's about communication. It's about never giving up on each other. You need to have a strong rock for those times where you are not able to stand or those times where you are not able to get out of it. And I am so glad I now have chosen the correct partner for myself. Not only that, but it kind of fell in my lap, fell in love with no parachute. Um, I agree um, with you before I go to what I'm going to say. I agree. Um, my husband and I have, been together for almost 11 years um and although he hasn't always understood um we're now into a a space where it's like okay I noticed that you're doing this so what's our next step um and so I'm grateful to have that too because it became it went from me fighting to us fighting which I think is super important um, but I think for me, um, it's been, um, I want to say I've become almost like fearless because I know that given other circumstances, it could have gone another way. Um, and now I'm just like, okay, I'm going to do this anyway. I don't have time for this and I'm going to keep moving. Not to a point where it's going to worsen my depression, but to a point where, okay, it's here, but we're not giving into it. And before I would just kind of cave in. So um, I think my fearlessness now um, 
and the view that I have on the situation and my diagnosis, uh, my temporary situations um, has been the best thing for me. That was good stuff. Good stuff. Um, before I say my final words for today's episode, um, is there anything else you ladies would like to share as far as when it comes to the topic of depression? Um, I guess I'll share this because I know I mentioned my diagnoses just so that people have a reference. Um, I was diagnosed with uh, depression, general anxiety disorder, but I am, especially in a pandemic, it gets kind of tricky, but I'm asthmatic. Um, I have fibromyalgia and two other blood disorders that cause me to go for an infusion every four weeks. Um, and I go and sit in a chair for an IV treatment uh, every four weeks for two hours. And so um, that's what triggered my depression. Um, and it's been a consistent part of it. Um, but the outlook on it is, okay, I'm beating this on a daily, but I would even suggest what I've been um, talking to some of the people in my circle who are newly battling depression. And I'm like, okay, you're taking it day by day and you're struggling. Um, let's take it hour by hour. Um, and sometimes I'm going minute by minute. Like, okay, I got through those five minutes. Now let's get to the next five. Um, so I think when you're battling depression to um, try not to overwhelm yourself and look at, break it down a little bit. Um, I have days where I take it by day. I have days where I take it by hour, by minute, even by second at this point, because things get kind of crazy, especially during a pandemic. But um, I would encourage anyone battling to not overwhelm yourself with that. Um, don't let the diagnosis scare you because you're more than capable of battling and fighting and winning over and over and over. I wanna say I was diagnosed with the clinical depression nine years ago. Um, again, I ignored the first two. I went to two different specialists um, just because I wasn't ready to face the fact. Um, I've all, um, unlike Ariana, I've always been fearless. Um, so I just knew I could handle anything. I wasn't ready to accept the fact. And there was no way I was taking any medication under any circumstances because I could do it all and I could handle everything. And I would never break until I broke. Um, at one point, I also attempted suicide and ended up on life support which ended up scaring everyone in my family everyone who even knows me um that had to be the turning point for me when I decided I needed to get help but I anyone I talk to I I ask and I tell them and I encourage you know Again, the sooner, the better. Just talking your feelings out. And also, for people out there, just being friends with people. I know you, these times are busy, and it's really hard out here. Everyone's grinding, trying to hustle, keep ends meet. I understand. But when your friend is calling you, and I have to be better at this too, or I have to be better at reaching out, um, pick up the phone. Because you never know why they're calling. They might be calling the gossip, but really, they might be there might be something else wrong, but they're not saying. They might be calling just to see what you're doing, when really, they could have no lights on right now. You know, it's things like that that lead to you feeling alone, that lead to deep thoughts, that lead to depression. It's very easy to slip. So just keep that in mind, too. Everyone out here is trying. So I just want to take a second and I just want to address anybody who's battling with depression or if you know somebody who is battling with depression, please share this with them. Let's be a light through the tunnel and not just at the end. 
I don't know what everybody's religion is and you guys, I don't, you know, your connection with whoever it is, is your connection. And I will always respect that. But I also respect my relationship with God. And because of how I operate with God, I'm going to say a little prayer for those who are facing depression right now before we wrap up this episode. Dear Heavenly Father, I pray that you enter the homes of all of those who are dealing with this disease, Lord. We know that you can give the strength and the power needed for them to overcome, God. I'm praying that you enter their minds, Lord, and show them that it's a reason for them to choose to live today, God. I'm praying that you align the right people in their lives right now to help them and lift them up and keep them going, God. I pray that you remove all of those who are not meant to be in their lives, God. I'm praying that you make all the resources available for their own good, Lord, so that they can elevate and so they can take control because we know you didn't create us to surrender to the flesh or to a disease, or to our enemies. You created us to be masterpieces, to be overcomers, to be victorious. And we're trusting you in doing that, God. We're praying that you just heal those broken places, Lord. That you close those doors that are holding us back, Lord. That you free us of the baggage that we are carrying during these times, God. That the pandemic not be a death or life sentence, God, but a chance to be closer to you, a chance to overcome, the impossible, a chance to learn who you have called us to be. I'm praying that through this episode, people will wake up and choose to live again. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. 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 So for those who are dealing with depression or any type of disease, and have contemplated committing suicide. Call the Suicide Prevention Hotline. They are there to help you, not to hurt you. They are there to free you. 1-800-273-8255. I would like to take this time to thank our guests today for showing up and sharing and being so transparent about a very vulnerable topic, a very hard topic, but a topic that needs some light shed on it so that people can see their way through this thing. It's not over. You are more than able. So, Ariana, for those who would like to find you or reach out to you or anything of that nature, how can they do so? Um, my website, arianavenet.com um, or Instagram. My handle is arianavenet. Awesome. The Popular Loner. How can people find you? You can find me, um, The Popular Loner, on YouTube. And also you can find me, underscore, underscore, honey, underscore, B1, on Instagram, which I'm mostly on. And you can find me at Brittany, B-R-I-T-T-N-I, Dominique, D-O-M-I-N-I-Q-U-E, on Facebook. All right. So you've heard it from them. Now, I want to go ahead and end this episode with Sia Elastic Heart I'm another one by the ghost Oh why can I not come go love And I might have died to win the world One that divides us while we got weapons And I want it and I want it to be But there are so many red flags now another one bites the dust. Yeah, that's because I trust no one. You did not break me. I am still fighting for peace. But I've got thick skin and an elastic glove. But sharp that it might be too sharp, I'm like a rubber band until you pull to work. Yeah, I may snap and I move, but you won't see me fall. 
You did not break me. I'm still fighting for peace. It's an everyday journey. But you can do it. You got this. Depression will not define you. You're greater than. You got this. Snap out of it. You're stronger than what you think. You might get knocked down, but you will stand up again. 10 feet tall and two feet, two feet water. 10 feet tall and two feet water. Stand up or swim, but don't drown. You're so much bigger than what you think. You're worthy. You can do this. Choose you. Thank you for listening to this episode. And I pray that in some way, shape, or form, it has impacted your life. See you next week on another episode of Get Your Positivity with Harold Keith. Well, that wraps up this week's episode of Get Your Positivity with Harold Keith. Listen, stay encouraged through the week. Check out my website, www.itsheraldkeith.com. Also, follow me on Instagram, at It's Harold Keith. And if you have Facebook, you can follow me there too. Guess what it is? Yup, at It's Harold Keith. And while you're showing so much love, make sure you subscribe, like, and share this podcast. Looking forward to keeping you encouraged And I will definitely be seeing you next week. Remember, real life, real issues, real experiences, real possibilities with real people. And not to mention a real you. Until next week, remember, get your positivity. All right, that's a wrap, folks. (laughs) 